Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. Gary Parish, it's Monday, March 7, 2022. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Ion College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting dodo birds and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me. And before uh, the Power Conference tournaments get started, we are doing short episodes on the top six. Top six, of course, being the ACC tournament, Big Ten tournament, Big 12 tournament, Big East tournament, Pac-12 tournament, and the SEC tournament. Go find them wherever you find stuff. This episode's on the Big Ten Tournament. Starts on Wednesday in Indianapolis, Illinois, and Wisconsin. Our co-Big Ten champs, and thus the top two seeds. Illinois is the one seed. Wisconsin is the two seed. That means the Illini and Badgers won't play until Friday's quarterfinal. Same goes for the other two top four seeds. That's three seed Purdue, four seed Rutgers. How wild of a season has Rutgers had? The Scarlet Knights are the number four seed in the Big Ten tournament, but still very much on the bubble. Jerry Palm has them right now as a 12 seed playing in the first four. And that's why I think this is my favorite of all of the conference tournaments. Three legit bubble teams in play. Rutgers, Michigan, and Indiana. And Michigan and Indiana actually play each other in the second round on Thursday. So let's start there. Is that an elimination game for both teams on Thursday, Deadleg? Can Indiana or Michigan afford to lose that game and still get an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament? If you're watching on YouTube, smash that like button right now. You can see that gorgeous bracket out there, up there that Nada has provided. Good-looking bracket uh, over in Indianapolis. By the way, this is what's the name of this place called now? What's the, what is the name? It's it's now the Gainbridge Fieldhouse. You say so. It's Baker's life for life. Yeah. What do we do? It's uh, <laughs> Gainbridge. It's always Baker's life to me. We have the great this, and this happens on. I feel like almost an annual basis. Parish power conference tournament, first round, second round, depending on the size, the format, the eight nine, and that eight nine always has an urgency because usually at least one, and in this case, two teams sit on the bubble. Let me just ask you this, but before we talk about this game and break it down, let's just let's I'll spoil it right away. Michigan, Indiana, Rutgers, three bubble teams. Who's making the NCAA tournament? Who's who's going? Who's dancing from those three? Rutgers and Michigan. I am with you, my friend. But man, can I? I, I we're gonna get noise this week in some way, and like Indiana beating Michigan. I don't. Uh, I can bring up the Ken. Let me bring up the Ken Palm game here. This line isn't out yet. Ken Palm is going to have Michigan favored in this game. And right now going into it, it's a two point line. So Indiana won't be a huge underdog by any means there, but I would lean Michigan in this spot, Michigan right now. I've got him last four in, right? I'm kind of barely in the field. I think Jerry Palm has Michigan as the second to last team in the field. To last. He has Indiana as the fourth team out of his field. 
I, I, I mostly agree with the, with the separation there. It feels like I'm maybe getting Michigan a little more comfortable. It's worst team sheet metric of all of them is strength of record. What it's done against the schedule uh, comparatively. So it's 40th best metric BPI. Uh, oh, excuse me. Sagarin at 20, 20 and ooh, 20 and 40 for a bubble team, a 20 spot gap net ranking is 31. As we record this podcast, on a Monday afternoon. I think Michigan's going to win this game. Indiana, I can easily be talked into, needs to win at least two games. And if you're looking right now at this bracket, look what it has to do. It's got to beat Michigan, and then it's got to knock off the top seed, Illinois. Not that it's incapable of doing so. That's just a steeper climb. Whereas with Michigan, it feels like you get past Indiana, what you do against Illinois might not mean as much. Oh, by the way, really no love loss between those players on um, on Illinois and Michigan. So that could be uh, that could be plenty of fun there. But, I, you know, you got a lot of urgency. You mentioned the bubble stuff. Absolutely. That's the to me, aside from Juwan Howard. Oh, by the way, Juwan Howard will be coaching Michigan against Indiana. Juwan Howard's return combined with the three bubble teams is the storyline. It's the predominant thing heading into this Big Ten tournament GP as it gets going Wednesday. But for all intents and purposes, Thursday is when people are going to start tuning in. God bless Nebraska, Northwestern, Minnesota, and Penn State. Um, you know, not going to be a packed house on Wednesday with those uh, four teams in those two games. But once we get to an 11.30 a.m. tip on Thursday, I think it's going to be uh, pretty great. I, I, I'm in Indi- Indiana got close, GP, at, at Purdue, and it kind of blew it late. Can it rally and recover and beat a Michigan team, which is obviously feeling good after being able to close out with a road win against its rival over the weekend. I'll take Michigan to win, but I frankly think almost any kind of outcome in that game is possible. And by any, I mean, if you tell me Indiana wins by 16, I just get a weird vibe off of this game. I think it can go a lot of different ways. I think Michigan can lose that game and still have a chance to get in the instant play tournament, but I'm not certain it's guaranteed. You know, Michigan right now, five and nine in quadrant one, three and three in quadrant two. So eight and 12, in the first two quadrants with a quadrant three loss to Minnesota, also on the books, four games under 500, first two quadrants and a quadrant three loss. It's not great. I, I again, I, I don't think it's impossible for Michigan to lose to IU and still get in, but they'll be sweating it out. If they lose to Indiana, Indiana obviously has to beat Michigan or else the internet will be out in the state until at least the July recruiting period. Of course. And possibly until November, um, I, I'm with you. I think Indiana might also need to beat Illinois to feel good uh, heading into Selection Sunday. So, um, a, a capable team. Like I won't be shocked if they do it, but you know they're going to have to win two games. They're going to be underdogs in on consecutive days to feel good about where they're going to land on, on Selection uh, Sunday. And they haven't done anything lately that would make you think that they can do that or that they will do it. Obviously they can do it, but will they do it? I know they play Purdue competitively, but still lost the game. They're two and seven in their past nine games and they finish nine and 11 in the big 10 trivia time. Go come on. What do we got? When's the last time Indiana had a winning record in the big 10? Give me a year. I'm going to go 16, 17. No, that's the year Tom Crean got fired. Oh, okay. And Arch never did it. Uh Uh-uh. 15, 16. That's right. Two, two, 2016, Tom Crean won the outright Big Ten title One with a 15 and three league record. I don't know what seed they got. You have to look that I up. I thought it was, is that the one seed that dro- got dropped in the Sweet 16 accused? You keep talking. I'm going to check it. 
They definitely lost earlier than their seed projected them to lose. But they went 15-3 and three in the Big Ten, and Tom Crean got fired the next year, and Indiana's never had a winning record in the Big Ten since. That was the team that – now, the, the, that one was 2012-13. 15-16 was the uh, team that got dropped by Carolina uh, in the Sweet 16. Indiana was a five seed that year. Indiana was a five seed with a 15-3 and three league record? That's right. Your latest reminder, and I know Paris knows this, but this is for yeah, the league, league record, record doesn't matter. It's completely irrelevant. Completely irrelevant entirely. Um, by the way, speaking of record – Michigan overall right now, as we head in, Michigan is 17 and 13 and the losses have to count. We sometimes we forget about that. The losses have to count. Um, If Michigan loses to Indiana, it's going to be 17 and 14, three games above 500 at a, some uh, loss volume will come into play there. So that's going to be, that's going to be also what, what matters. Um, for those listening on the podcast, you're not going to know, but if you watched on YouTube, Parrish accidentally exited out of the screen, the stream, but he's right back here. Uh, before we move on elsewhere, I, I brought this up because we talk about it every year. Don't want to harp it on too much. We'll probably talk about it later in the week on the regular shows. If Michigan loses, it's going to be 17 and 14. And I think you and I are on the same page because we've talked about this before. Your loss volume has to matter. And a 17 and 14, te- seldom is the team. It's happened. I don't have the data in front of me. I don't know if it's been more than seven, eight times in the modern era that a team only three games above 500 gets in that large bid. 14 losses. The list is really small. So if you want to make the case against Michigan, look to history and say, man, 17 and 14, you're going to put that team in? And why would Michigan be in the conversation to begin with? We're not going to relitigate on the previous episode, but why? Part of it's because Michigan's strength of schedule overall is number three in the country. It's played more hard games against good teams than almost anyone. The committee will will see that, and it's affecting where it's landing in a lot of these metrics. That's why it's here. If Michigan's strength of schedule was in the 100s or 200s, I guarantee you would not be a bubble team right now. That has positively impacted its case, in addition to obviously getting the wins it's needed as of late. Last thing for me on Michigan, if the pattern holds for a month now, win-loss, 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 the next game Michigan is due to lose against Indiana on Thursday. I'm still trying to figure out how Indiana went 15 and three in the Big Ten, got a five seed. By the way, by the way, I was like, as you well know, league record doesn't matter. You're like, it doesn't matter. By the way, I'm getting the hell out of this podcast, and you just disappeared on me. I was uh, scrolling down, trying because I had to look this up. I was like, that's crazy to me, and I accidentally hit the wrong button. It's obviously. all right. It was it was flawless though. But I wanted to at least acknowledge it for everyone watching on uh, on YouTube. There, um, Indiana was 14th, 14th at Ken Palm on Selection Sunday. 15 and three outright Big Ten champs and got a five C. I wonder if I was mad about that back then. I have no recollection of it. By the way, they lost to North Carolina. North Carolina was a one seed. So, you know, they went as far as their seed suggested they were supposed to go um, in that NCAA tournament. And then they got wiped out by North Carolina. And then next season wasn't so good, injury induced. And that was that. Um, all right. What were you asking me? Just Indiana, Michigan, but I think we've been enough on this. Can we just talk Rutgers real quick here? Because that's the other bubble team. It's on the four line. Rutgers, uh, here are, as we record this, this is phenomenal to me. Rutgers is, I really think this might be, the, like every year I say this, Parish, it's like, man, I love this. This last year, Loyola, Chicago, it's a case we've never seen before. We haven't seen this. Rutgers is projected to be in the field right now. It's team sheet metrics. It's best is 50th. Strength the record 50th, KPI 57, 
It's 69 in BPI. Nice. It's 59 in Sagarin. It's 73rd in Ken Palm, and the worst of all of them is its net at 76. This team is is projected in. Those are simply mediocre, pedestrian. In terms of at-large stuff, obviously subpar. They, they rank worse on average than teams like Belmont, Kansas State, Santa Clara, Toledo. Rutgers is below these teams. Vermont. Vermont's almost pretty close there. Washington State. And yet it's right there, deservedly so when you look at the wins. But Rutgers, man, I didn't think I was here about 48, 72 hours ago, but I'm here now. Let's say, all right, so let's say Iowa just beats Nebraska or Northwestern, although Nebraska, who the hell knows, right? Um, Iowa moves on, plays Rutgers. Iowa's going to be favored in that game. Mm-hmm. And if Iowa beats Rutgers, now you said Michigan Rutgers going, but I don't know if, I I, uh, I don't think Rutgers can. I With those numbers, Parrish, because the way this is going to work when they get to the when the committee is convening this week and they start putting in teams that should be on the at large and then they start looking at these team sheets, they're going to talk about the teams they beat for sure. But it's going to be those quad three, quad four losses that's going to bring this down. And they're going to see Rutgers's metrics across the board, across the board against every other at large team. They're going to see this is the worst team. Rutgers versus team A, Rutgers versus team B, Rutgers versus team C. They're going to see every single time that Rutgers is going to rate worse in the metrics than everyone, especially if Rutgers loses to Iowa. I don't think it can lose and get in. I I don't, I just, I'd be amazed if that happened. And let me be clear. I'd love to see Rutgers in the tournament. I'd almost love to see him in, in spite of the metrics, because I'd love to get an explanation from the committee. If it does that, it's logic and reasoning for doing it, because it would be basically against seating and selecting principles and convention as the committee's done this for decades. There's really not a case. If you just look at where they rate overall in all of the metrics, top to bottom, they're saved by a 500 record in quad one and quad two. But again, four and two quad three, five and one quad four. They got to beat Iowa. They got to do it. If they get there, then I think you can feel a little bit better because it's one more good win, but a loss. I, I think the committee will have a hard time justifying actually putting them in the field, putting them in the field at that point. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do, like me taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. I'm with you. I think they probably got to beat Iowa. Um, Because right now... You know, you broke it down, but nine and nine in the first two quadrants with two quadrant three losses and a quadrant four loss, you add another loss to your first two quadrants. So now you're a game under 500 first two quadrants 
with the two quarter three losses and the quarter four loss, that's probably just on the wrong side of the bubble when you factor in the computer numbers as well. Um, I mean, they lost to Lafayette and UMass. I mean, that is outrageous. Those are killers. Like the number one seed in the Big Ten tournament didn't win at Jersey Mike's this season, but Lafayette did. Mm-hmm. Ugh. That's that's Rutgers in a nutshell, man. So that's going to be a must-see Friday. That game is going to tip around 2 p.m. Eastern, Rutgers' game, and I would expect that to be Iowa. You said Michigan and Rutgers. <sighs> I don't feel great about it now. How about how about this? If I I might update my answer and just say Michigan. Yeah, the other two don't get in because I, you, you know, Iowa will be favored over Rutgers, for sure. Like, yeah, yeah. And so let's just let's say it plays out the way it's supposed to play out. Then I think Rutgers is out, and I think Indiana's out, and Michigan's in. That's the way that plays. Those, those like early, like the Big Ten is the story on Thursday afternoon. Absolutely, Thursday and then into Friday because you could you'll have Rutgers against probably Iowa. You'll have potentially Michigan going against Illinois, Michigan or Indiana, either way. And Illinois is the one seed there. Um, even on the bottom, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the bracket here. You could have Ohio State going Purdue, and then like Michigan State is in the seven line like you know can they get it going against a Wisconsin team that just you know just took a demoralizing loss to close the season against Nebraska Johnny Davis it's anticipated he'll play we mentioned that on the Sunday edition of the Iron College Basketball Podcast as we record this we have no tangible update I wouldn't even think we're going to get that from Greg Garb before Wednesday probably um so keep that in mind as well what else about this bracket about this tournament sticks out to you GP well, let me ask you this. So Illinois, Wisconsin, Purdue are the top three seeds. And when I said uh, Thursday afternoon, uh, um, the Big Ten's the story, uh, obviously because of Indiana, Michigan. Uh, what I also meant was Friday. When we get that Rutgers, presumably Iowa game, that is a massive game. So Thursday and Friday, both terrific days for the Big Ten. Illinois, Wisconsin, Purdue, top three seeds in the Big Ten tournament. Can any of them be a one seed in the NCAA tournament with three wins this week? That's off the table. I think the big now and the Big Ten is rated well this season. It's got teams that are capable of winning the national championship. I I'm not seeing how we're getting to that point though. Uh, th- that's just not going to happen. Uh, they they don't project uh, as as ones right now. The best projection is still Wisconsin, which has no shot. So yeah, you know I'll be quick on this. The Big Ten will not have a shot at a one seed. Um, and that's only surprising in this regard. It ranked as the third best conference this season at Ken Palm. Big 12 was one. SEC was two. Those conference previews will be coming with Boone and Cobb and JP uh, shortly to your feet. So keep an eye out for those as we close this out. But no, um, you'll you'll have probably have one team on the two line because as I look at this bracket, Parish, we'll make our picks here in a second. The only teams I think that are capable of winning it are Illinois, Bucky, Boilers, Iowa. Nebraska and Nebraska. Let me say that again. Illinois, Bucky, Boilers, Iowa, Nebraska, yeah. Nebraska. In all seriousness, look at this. We talked bid thieves on the on the previous conference tournament preview. There's there's no bid thief here. I, it would be stunning beyond all measure. Like Maryland from the 10 spot. No, no shot. Nebraska jokingly like we say it, but Nebraska Northwestern is going to come from there. I can't see Minnesota Penn State. It, I just and plus again, look at the format of this bracket. 
You got to go through. You got to win five games if you're starting on Wednesday, and then if you're a Maryland team, you got to win four. It's just it's just not going to happen. Um, but I, I do think the champ will be one of Illinois, Wisconsin, Purdue, uh, or Iowa there, and none of these teams are going to be a one. You'll have a you'll have a, a cluster on the two well, on the three line that that will well, get sent to different parts of the country in the bracket. The thing about the Big Ten is the only possible bid stealers are Maryland. Penn State, Minnesota, Northwestern, Nebraska, because everybody else, even yeah. if they got even to the title game, they'd be in the field as an at-large. That's right. That's exactly yeah. right. And none of those teams are going to do it. So this no. is it, it, what's interesting is it's a compelling tournament. And part of the it's reason why it's so compelling is you don't even have like a dark horse sleep that maybe they can they can sneak on through. Like Virginia is a six in the ACC. It's not likely. Again, bid thieves. They're never likely. But you, it's not unthinkable to think that Tony Bennett could do that. Big Ten just doesn't have that situation. I could see Purdue getting a one C. They'd have to win this, and they would need some weird stuff to happen elsewhere. Like you would need – I mean, it would be really weird I, stuff. I think, I think GP, we talked about in the ACC one, I think Purdue's climb is higher than Duke's. Now, Purdue will have more opponents of quality to beat on the way there conceivably, and we you thought that Duke was going to hit a bit of a wall that it couldn't get over. I think that's the case with Purdue as well. Well, like let's just play it out. Let's say – um. Arkansas wins the SEC tournament, all right? So Auburn and Kentucky, neither one wins it. Let's say Texas Tech wins the Big 12 tournament. I mean, these are all things that probably and, and, Yeah, and by, and you saying that, I think Baylor is locked on the one line. I don't think there's anything Baylor can do to knock them off. So if Texas Tech does it, Kansas just doesn't get to a one in that scenario. Yeah, like if Arizona lost its first game in the Pac-12 tournament. I mean, again, a lot of stuff would have to happen. But, you know, Purdue could add theoretically – theoretically could add in the Big Ten tournament wins over Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Illinois. Back-to-back-to-back days. That would give the Boilermakers three more high-level Quadrant One wins. And if they did that, they'd be 10-5 and five in Quadrant One, 5-1 and one in Quadrant Two, so 15-6 and six in the first two quadrants with zero additional losses and only one loss outside of Quadrant One. So they have no Quadrant Three losses, no Quadrant Four losses, and only one loss in quadrant two um that's that would be pretty strong i still don't think they get there i don't think they get there i'm just trying to imagine a path yeah like an imagine I, how it i but unlikely they get there i think possible for them to get there if enough things went their way illinois and wisconsin I, I just don't think so illinois is an eight loss team Wisconsin's got two quadrant three losses. I don't see how either of them can. I think both of them are, are the, the ceiling is a two seat for them. Agreed. Um, as a as a side note here, I just looked at the all league team per Ken Palm five best players in order. Again, this is Ken Palm highly efficiency based, not traditional stats, all that good stuff, points per game, rebounds, all that. It's more about what you do when you're on the floor and how good you are for your team. Keegan Murray is number one, then EJ Liddell, Kofi Coburn, Johnny Davis, and then Zach Eady. Not Jaden Ivey on that list. How about that? Hunter Dickinson's been pretty good for Michigan this season. He didn't crack that list either. Trace Jackson Davis has been pretty damn reliable as well. The Big Ten's just stacked with talent. And another reminder that this this conference, despite being number three in Ken Palm, it has more must-watch, really, really good talent across the board. I think the conference tournament will reflect that, and I think it's going to be a pretty fun week in Indianapolis. With that being said, title picks, right? Who you got? I got Purdue, Illinois, playing for the Big Ten title tournament title and i think illinois wins it i think illinois wins it they're going to be co-big 10 champs big 10 tournament champs and a two seed in the ncaa tournament and as of right now 
or at least as of yesterday, they were plus 4,000 to win the NCAA tournament. If you're looking for a value pick, that might be a, your best value pick on the board. It's a really good value pick. Uh, so you got Illinois over Purdue, uh, Kofi player of the, of the tournament, the mop, I would think. Sure. sure. And he, yeah. rips, and he rips a goal down. You know, I thought about that. They were doing something. I caught something. Uh, might have been an SVP show where they were showing. No, I think it was PTI. They were showing. There was an anniversary thing. And the last time, like, a pro rim came down in a game was X number of years ago. And I was thinking. And then they showed Sendon and Jerome and all that. Like, is th- that's probably. The advancement of technology is so good. We're probably never going to see that again. I li- you know, because us growing up. You know, even though you rarely saw it live, you'd see it on highlights or whatever. But like someone breaking a backboard was like a once a once a year kind of thing, and it's been forever since that happening. If there was ever going to be someone to do it, it is it is it's like Zach Eady or Kofi. But the, these things are too well built now. I think that era is uh is permanently gone. So well, whoever's in charge of designing backboards, put them in charge of iPads. <laughs> oh, because they break. You're saying you got all right, dude, dude. My kids have cracked so many iPad screens. And don't 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 tweet me and say, well, you know, if you put this, we put everything on everything. No, it's, it's not about what you put on it. It's about letting your kids touch it. That's the problem. And there's just no winning that war. Your kid does not, your kids don't touch iPads? They do not. My my child uses that school, but I have one and no, he doesn't, he doesn't use that. No. So our kids have their own iPads. Yeah. No, I mean I'm not against it, but just we we have one, and he's got he's got like a learning thing that's kind of similar to it, but not an actual out and out iPad. No, yeah, our kids have iPads, and they sometimes they play Fortnite or whatever they're playing on them, and then they you know they get mad and they throw them. They they actively throw them. I feel like there's a parenting step before we get to that point where maybe we can prevent the iPad damage. But then again, about, children. So how about my how about my little five year old? He, I came home one day and uh, I was, you know, got back from New York and uh, Oliver, my eight-year-old, said, uh, "Dad, ask Louis where his, uh, where his iPad is." And and Louis said, uh, "I, I don't, I don't know where it is. We can't find it. We'll have to look for it when we clean up the house." He was like saying he he couldn't find it, and Oliver was like, "He's not telling the truth, Dad. This dude cracked his iPad and was scared of getting in trouble, so he went and threw his iPad over the fence." into our neighbor's backyard because he felt it was better to have quote lost it than to have cracked it again. So I had to go to my neighbor's house. And, hey, can you go in your backyard and pick up Lou's iPad? He just threw it over the fence to hide it. The evidence that it was cracked. That's what I'm dealing with here. Dead leg. Well, you'll be on the road soon enough. Can't the wait. Rest, the rest of the month. I will take you got Illinois over Purdue. Kofi getting the MOP. I will go Purdue over Illinois. You know what? Why the heck not? Travion Williams. He actually came up pretty big in uh, Purdue's regular season finale against Indiana. And, man, when he's good, he's great, if you know what I mean. He's just uh, – Ivy is a superstar, and he's going to have big moments is for sure. Zach Eady remains um, a player unlike anyone else in men's college basketball. Sasha Stefanovic can shoot so well. Mason Gillis has his moments. But I just think so much of what Purdue needs to be a successful team in the postseason is all about what Travion Williams brings in the 18 to 20 to 24 minutes he spends on the floor per game because, of course, he and Zach Eady do not share time in the court. So you'll go Illinois. I'll go Purdue. This tournament will run Wednesday through Sunday. It will be the last, as always, it will be the last automatic bid handed down before we get to the selection show. 
I'm literally remembering this off the top of my head right now. I remember in this office last year during COVID, we had a selection show, so I didn't go into studio for HQ. And didn't the Big Ten tournament go late? Didn't it? Didn't it bump up against the selection show? Didn't it go OT? Ohio State, I feel, and Illinois. I feel like that actually happened. So hopefully that doesn't happen this year. But the Big Ten is always the final tournament game on CBS as we lead into the selection show. GP and I have the same teams, Purdue and Illinois. He's got the Fighting Illini, and I'll take the Boilermakers to win it. Oh, you just reminded me why Purdue will not get a number one C. Because the Big Ten tournament title game doesn't matter. It doesn't. Now, the committee says that it accounts for all these results, but uh, <laughs> come on, man. It, it, doesn't, it, never, it so never looks like it. It, it never looks like it. It never looks like it. And that's another violation. It's, it's, it's crazy. We can get out of here on this. But, Parrish, you and I both know, by the time we get to, like, 445 on Selection Sunday, like, Big Ten tournament, like, this is just, like, get this stuff over with. Get us to the brackets. Like, there's never a game that means less, you know, people are just like, on with it. Let's go. Show us the brackets. And so that could well be the case again once Idea. Idea. Have an idea. Tell me how good this will be. Because you're exactly right. By the time we're in the Big Ten tournament title game, Barring a bid stealing right. situation, it's two teams that are already in. Like, who cares? Wouldn't it be better to have the last game leading into the selection show be a one bid league? I completely agree. Yes. Yes. And the bracket is done, and you are waiting to fill in this one team. Is it this team or that team? And they're playing for that spot right now. I I agree. That's that's obviously a um a TV contract kind of thing, but yeah, of course that, of course that's that should be what it is, and that's always we have. I'm bringing it up right now. Now my bosses at CBS would say, no, 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 no. We want Michigan and Ohio State playing basketball. I know, uh, and oh, America they even changed it. Challenge. Yeah, they changed this. Man, Saturday this year is so overloaded because it used to be, was it the Southland? There was a league that did give it out by like four on Sunday that was a one-bid league and now it's looking like that's not the case now this year it'll be Ivy at noon A-10 at one on CBS SEC and the American happen on ESPN and then the Big Ten starts at 3.30 um, but I'm with you why not have the small conference stakes and then have it and oh by the way it's not going to work like this because you know I, I get why the schedule is what it is but like have that game scheduled for like a 3 o'clock tip so it's done by 5 5.15 and then you can have real anticipation, kind of, you know, rally everyone before you get the selection show going at six. But so it goes. I think it'd be terrific, but I'm pretty confident CBS wants big, big, big 10 <laughs> brands. Yes. And humongous undergrads and uh, big 10 schools have so, so, so many graduates around the country. There's a very specific reason why the big 10 of all leagues is the one that leads them to the selection show. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Robert Hart, 5'10 legend. Scored zero points in two games for Baylor, 2002-2003 season. Shouts to Larnell. Thank you guys once again. Listen, I own College Basketball Podcast, the middle of the dumbest pandemic of my lifetime. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Five-star reviews both places. Write some nice words over at Apple Podcasts. There are more of us than there are of them. Needs to be reflected in the comments. Smash the like button before you get out of here if you hadn't already done it. We will talk to you again real soon. Till then, take care. Okay, picture this. 
It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 